This is Buck's First Thoughts, the news you need to get through your day in 45 minutes. Make sure you subscribe on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, here I am back from the COVID hell that uh, I started going through about a week ago now. So I'm sorry that I've been off the air. Sorry I haven't been able to talk to you for a few days. But it all hit me and, and I got word right as I started to do the show on Wednesday last week uh, that I sure enough did have COVID. And it was very much as as advertised as very much uh, something that I could have known just based on the symptoms when I got an unofficial test. And I've got a lot of thoughts on it now that I've talked to you about this for so long and have actually experienced it myself. Uh, I could tell you that everything that I've told you up to this point has been correct. <laughs> now that I've actually had to deal with it myself, I am more uh, certain than ever about the conclusions we've come to on this show about what to do, what not to do, uh, what is sane policy and what is what is not. Um, so I'm looking forward to breaking down all of that with you here. And then also uh, I'm delaying my my trip down to the border as a result of this illness. So it'll be a few more weeks now before I get down to the border myself. Certainly going to have updates for you on that. And I, I've got to tell you, it r- remains remarkable to me uh, that I, I just saw this today that Donald Trump, you can't post Trump interviews. You can't post Trump stuff on Facebook. Do you realize that? This is the former president of the United States and big tech companies. They have more power than ever. They're doing this openly and they don't care that it bothers you. It, it, it doesn't matter to them that they've decided to take sides in our political discussion. As private entities, they can do pretty much whatever they choose right now. So why are we giving them access to all of our personal data? You can protect your personal data from big tech with the VPN I trust for my online protection, ExpressVPN. When I use ExpressVPN, my connection gets rerouted through their secure encrypted servers so these companies can't see my IP address at all. My internet activity becomes anonymized and my network data is encrypted. I recommend ExpressVPN to anyone who's using the internet. This is a must. You've got to have this set up. I've got it set up on my devices. The best part is you don't need to be tech savvy at all to use ExpressVPN. Just download the app to your phone or computer, tap one button, and you're protected. Protect your internet activity with the VPN I use every day. Visit expressvpn.com slash buck to get three months free extra in a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash buck to get three extra months free. Expressvpn.com slash buck. The border crisis continues to spiral out of control. The numbers are stunning. The Biden administration pretending that they have a good idea of how to handle all of this. Uh, Folks, I've been looking forward to talking to you about about everything going on in the news. Border is obviously top of mind for me, and we'll dive into that. But first, just a a quick word to all of you uh, about why I've been out. I've had COVID. I've had COVID now for uh, a week, and it is very much what I expected. Uh, The symptoms, it was a little... I, I was hoping that maybe I'd have a milder case than I did. Uh, I got hit pretty badly. It was very similar to a, a nasty flu. Uh, so as I was doing the show Wednesday, and, and I know that we, I had to take a pause during it and, and wasn't even really able to get through the normal show, 
um, the fatigue and and the dizziness that hit was just uh, just immense. I'm doing a lot better now. I, I'm going to be out of quarantine uh, in three days. So I'm doing this show now from quarantine. I have not left my apartment in a week. Uh, I have not seen anyone in a week, but I'm getting to talk to all of you across the country. And uh, I'm I'm very thankful that I'm I was a mild enough case, didn't have to go see a doctor, even didn't have to go to the hospital. Uh, for me, it's largely been like a flu. And I'll talk to you more about what I see going on in covid policy. And the, the short version is that having now had this and experienced it, I'm more certain than ever about everything that I've been telling you for the past year, all the conclusions, all the analysis about what would have been a better choice for our society, uh, what works with regard to mitigation, what doesn't, all that kind of stuff, or how well it works. Uh, so we'll certainly dive into all that. But I want to start with, and I appreciate all the well wishes. I know a lot of you didn't understand why I was out because I didn't make it clear. Um, I, I, I figured, let me beat COVID before I tell you all that I have COVID. And so that's, that's where I am. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be back and really thankful to be able to do the show once again. That all said, if I sound a little bit uh, strained today or if it sounds a little bit like a challenge, well, I'm not 100% yet. So I'm still, I'm playing hurt here on the radio, but that's how we, that's how we do it in the Freedom Hunt. So let's get into the border situation uh, where we have the journalists finally, now that they've, they've tried to make it a little bit less awful looking in terms of the conditions in these facilities, uh, you've had journos gathering together and able to go and take photos of what's going on to see what's happening in one, one of these facilities. And it is a, it is a total mess. Um, it's, it's awful what's happening. The biggest shelter for migrant kids, they let the journalists go see this. You got about one in seven kids has COVID. They've got tents that are at 1,700% capacity. They've got 2,000 kids who have overstayed their 72-hour legal limit. There's COVID outbreaks. There's a reported lice outbreak. I mean, it's really bad conditions. And what does the Biden administration say about all this? What, what is their approach to this? Well, they think, and I'm, I'm being serious. This is what they believe. They think that they're doing a good job. They actually believe that their approach to the border, which has led to all of this, is something they should be praised for. Here is Biden's border czar, Roberta Jacobson, play nine. First of all, um, we don't apologize for the fact that this is a president who has a more humane policy. The president said it himself the other day during his press conference. He's not going to apologize for taking care of children who come unaccompanied across the border. But I do think we have to make sure people understand that the border is not open, that the majority of people especially single adults, will be uh, expelled or deported, um, and that people need to understand that this is not the way to come to the United States, that we are working on legal pathways, um, on options that they can have to stay in their home countries. We are surging humanitarian assistance after two hurricanes last November. Now, there's a problem with the entire philosophy of the Democrats when it comes to the border, and it's apparent in all their public statements about it. They're always trying to to lean on this uh, on this notion that they just need to increase 
access to the system and this will work out for everybody. But that's not true. The reason that people are choosing to come in this way is because it's an end run on the system because they won't really get refugee status or asylum. Remember, refugee status you apply for in another country to be here in the United States. Asylum status is you show up and essentially demand to be an on the spot refugee. They won't get their claims. uh, They won't get their claims taken through to the actual end where they get to stay. That's the problem. And they won't say this. So they keep telling us, but there's a humanitarian need. There's a humanitarian disaster in Central America. There was a hurricane at some point, as if as if the people are coming now because the hurricane, not because Joe Biden's the president. Right. As if we're all so stupid that we don't see what's going on. I mean, this you can't make this stuff up. They're showing up at the border in large numbers and they're saying on camera, we're here because of Biden. They're wearing Biden T-shirts. The Democrat Party is a de facto open borders party. They don't want to turn people away. They're lying to you when they say they do. As far as they're concerned, anybody who wants to come to America should be able to. Notice they never explain otherwise. They don't even they don't even go through the motions of saying, look, we, we got to have a cap here. We can't we can't take in a million refugees a year on top of a million legal immigrants a year, which is what we currently do. A million legal immigrants in America every year. And now we're going to add on to that perhaps a million, perhaps two million refugees from Central America. Why not 10 million? No, you have to get down to the basic philosophy here of what is an immigration system supposed to do? Why do we even have an immigration system and deal with this reality? Look at these questions honestly. Instead, what the Democrats do is the worst kinds of demagoguery. Right. They act like it's only an issue of fixing the efficiency of the system and then everything will be better. Well, no, there are a lot of these families that based on our immigration laws, in fact, a vast majority of these families, something like 90 percent of them should not be able to stay in the United States and therefore must be deported. But they won't tell you that because they don't plan on doing that. There's a lot of falsehood around this. There's a lot of lies And you have to dig into this to see what's really going on. I'll be going down to the border, like I said, in a a few weeks. I need to recover fully from uh, from covid first. But I want to see it myself. I want to talk. I've been down there before for the last migrant crisis. But I want to I want to speak to members of Border Patrol and and use the sources and connections I have down there to, to get the most accurate story I can about what is really happening, because the here's the short version. The Biden administration is lying to you about a lot of this and uh, they're just living in an alternate reality an alternate universe uh, because ultimately they don't really have a problem with what's going on they have a problem with you knowing about it they wish they could find a way that this didn't look bad but as for the actual enormous surge across the border they have no problem with that oh in fact as we'll see they have a problem with the usage of the term Surge. This is this is pretty incredible stuff. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is someone who now says that to use the term surge is a a a vestige or a a connection to white supremacy. I am not making that up. This is what so-called public intellectuals of the Democrat Party or public officials. I don't know if anyone would call her intellectual. She thinks she's kind of intellectual of the Democrat Party. This is what they really believe. And they'll say 
stuff like this. It's remarkable, but it, it also shows you just how much dishonesty there is around this issue, where sure enough, they're turning the border into a, oh, it's a question of racism issue instead of a, this is about safety, about law and order, about having an orderly immigration policy that benefits all Americans, that secures our borders, and that allows us to have sovereignty and control of our own nation. No, it's not that. It's just about finding a way, Democrats finding a way to demagogue the issue and call anybody who disagrees with them racist. They want to say, what about the surge? Well, first of all, just gut check, stop. Anyone who's using the term surge around you consciously is trying to invoke a militaristic frame. And that's a problem because these this is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents and we are not being invaded, which, by the way, is a white supremacist idea, philosophy, the idea that if an other is coming in the population, that this is like an invasion of who we are. This woman is beloved by millions and millions of young Americans who are idiots. Uh, it's, it's astonishing the amount of sway, the amount of power that she has in the national political conversation for such a, a really shocking ignoramus. I mean, a, a deeply ignorant and not particularly bright person has tremendous sway over the national political conversation. And you have all these people that love her and, you know, they're all, yes, she's amazing. And she does these live streams and it's it's just sad to watch all these uh, 20 somethings and 30 somethings who believe that a- that AOC is speaking these eternal truths or some other such nonsense. I mean, let, let's start with a few of the things that she says, because remember, the Democrats don't want you to pay attention to what's actually happening. They're coming up with clever ways like we're all sitting in a classroom now at some third tier liberal arts college doing the deconstruction of Shakespeare. It's not what was on the page. It's what we think should be on the page. Right. This this is the the kind of relativistic approach the Democrats take to everything. It's not about what's going on. It's about what we can convince people is going on. Let's reframe this issue. Let's use uh, pseudoscientific jargon to add some level of credibility to what we're saying, just like the Marxists used to, by the way, just like the Bolsheviks did. It was all about, you know, committees and 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 commissars and functionaries and people that are there was a mechanistic aspect to their political decision making because it was all you could say about believing the science, the political science in that case. But so she uses terms like it's about a militaristic frame. No, it's actually not. If she if she owned a dictionary, which I'm sure she does not, or if she spent any time Googling and going to dictionary.com, she would find very quickly that a surge is a sudden, powerful forward or upward movement, especially by a crowd or a natural force such as a wave. That is a a large movement by a crowd is a surge. So I just want to know what other words are are white supremacists? I mean, if someone said there's a spike in illegal crossings, is that white supremacist? If somebody says we've seen an increase in numbers at the border increase, that's like the stock market, because like when it increases, like the rich people make money. And so it's like, yeah, 
Increase is now like a thing. Let's just call it white supremacy. She just said surge is white supremacy. So I guess increase can be white supremacy too, right? And anything that they want to claim is white supremacy, they will throw into the into the bucket with the rest. It's absurd. It's so intellectually uh, empty. But so much of what the Democrats are doing now is intellectually empty uh, in terms of the policy and the impact that it's going to have on the country. I mean, we are being scammed in massive numbers at our southern border. That's what's happening to our country right now. People are taking advantage of the kindness and the decency of the American people overall. And they're pretending that they're that they're asylees. There are asylum seekers from around the world. There are refugees, would be refugees from around the world who have real cases, who, who actually might be tortured and killed if they don't get out of their country. And, you know, because they're not in walking distance, they have to actually apply and go through the system. But if you can walk, you can be part of a surge. If you can be part of a surge, the rules suddenly don't apply. Nobody really believes the Democrats plan on sending back all these people. Also, back to the AOC, just... Uh, stupidity here. Um, they're not all children. There are a lot of adults showing up at the border. There are family units showing up at the border. There are thousands and thousands of tens of thousands of adults who are showing up, too. So they, they focus on the children aspect of it because they want to make this as sympathetic a situation as possible. But let's also remember that they screamed kids in cages during the Trump administration. And now the cages, so to speak, are more full than ever. There are more people in those cages, uh, more children in those cages than ever before by huge numbers. Ted Cruz was down at the border, senator from Texas. Here's what he said, play four. By the way, yesterday I went to Dallas to a different facility, the K. Bailey Hutchison facility, which is the convention center downtown. They've turned into an emergency detention center and there, there's one gigantic room. It is the size of three and a half football fields, so it's massive. The entire room is nothing but cots, one after the other after the other. Over 2,200 cots lined up in a room three and a half times the size of a football field. Nothing but teenage boys, ages 13 to 17. Teenage boys, thousands and thousands of them. A facility three times the size of a football field. Why are they here? Because Joe Biden is president and the Democrats let the world know that the virtue signaling they feel when they when they declare they want a de facto open border is more important than our immigration law. And it's more important, actually, than the safety of these kids. We know the numbers that will be uh, that are not just being human trafficked. Of course, that's going on at the hands of the cartels, but also the sexual assault and sexual exploitation of these kids by people either affiliated with the cartels or just predators along the way is stunningly high that these children are being turned over for uh, for these cartels to take to the border. I mean, they're taking them over hundreds and hundreds of miles. The covid positivity rate among the kids, and I know the kids are generally not at much risk from covid, but, you know, there's still the concern about 17 year olds giving it to other people, right? 15, 16 year olds, they they more easily transmit it to adults than, say, a 10-year-old or a 5-year-old will. But they get in-person instruction in school. That's something else that's come out about this. So it's not safe 
for teachers to teach your kids in person if you live in San Diego, let's say, where I know they've got one of these big facilities now set up. But migrant children who have, in some cases, a very high COVID positivity rate established through testing in the last couple of weeks, uh, migrant children do get in-person instruction. So your kids may have been kept out of school for a full year, but if you show up illegally at the border and you're being held for, what, a few days, maybe a week or two max, you get in-person instruction right away, right away. You start to wonder, why are there two sets of rules the Democrats enforce in this country and the set of rules they enforce for illegal immigrants who come to the country in violation of our laws is a a more generous one, a more forgiving one than what they have for the American people? What sense does that really make? Well, the Democrat Party is addicted to cheap virtue signaling. And if they can feel good about themselves through no actions they have to take, through no sacrifice of their own, that is the policy they most they most adore. And that's what an open border allows. So if parents are vaccinated, they still do need to be concerned about their unvaccinated children playing together in groups. Is that right? Yeah, the children can clearly wind up getting infected. When we talk about what you can do when you're vaccinated, you can certainly have members of a family if the adults are vaccinated and you're in the home with your child. You don't need to wear a mask and you can have physical contact. When the children go out into the community, you want them to continue to wear masks when they're interacting with groups from multiple households. Mask up your little kids. Even after you're vaccinated, mask up your kids. I don't know what it's going to take. I, I really I really ask this question in, in, in earnest, what it's going to take for people to realize what a a little tyrannical moron this 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 fascist smurf Fauci actually is. I, I just have to wonder what what he will say. What will be too much for them to finally that uh, they will finally ignore him? And let's start with this. Has Fauci ever made the right call when it really counted? Has he ever made the right call? A lot of you are probably already thinking about the fact that we're three weeks into Texas's reopen. Texas cases are going way down. New York cases where I am going up quite a bit. New York is being hit very badly. We've had about 50,000 new cases in New York State in the last week or so. That's, that's a lot of cases in a week. Uh, but but I, I ask, why don't we actually see more pressure on Fauci to explain this? Why is Texas doing better, New York doing worse? Texas got rid of the mask mandate at the state level. Now, I know there are still some cities with masking, but If it doesn't matter that Texas got rid of the mask mandate at the state level, why were we told that it was reckless? Why did Fauci warn us? Why is everyone saying it's such a bad idea? They can't have it both ways, folks. It can't be removing the mask mandate is awful. And then, well, removing the mask mandate actually doesn't change mask wearing. Right. That's what they do. These are the games they play. They never want to be held to account for what's really going on. They never want people to know what's truly happening. It's all about the narrative. It's all about the construct that's being used to control you. But I ask you, what will it take for the people of this country to reclaim their dignity and their sanity by telling this feckless bureaucrat tyrant Fauci that his advice is no longer wanted? What's it going to take? 
I mean, here's this guy thinking that he's telling you something really revolutionary. You know, yeah, if you if you vaccinated adults at home in your own home, all the adults fully vaccinated and there's just children there. Okay, maybe I'll let you take the mask off and hug hug your kid for the first time in a year. Maybe. This is what we've come to as a country. I'm speaking. I have covid right now as I'm talking to you. I am doing this show with covid. Okay, so I'm I'm speaking from a degree of familiarity and experience here that I that I couldn't have had before. And here's what I'll tell you. Uh, I am more angry at Fauci than I've ever been and all the lockdowners and all these other people. It's it was fascinating to me. I had people that were asking me. And, you know, I have friends who are who are on both sides of the aisle. And I, I have you know friends in my personal life who uh, people who know me who will, who will reach out, you know, when I'm sick and try to check in on me. And I know that they don't agree with what I say on Fauci. But people were asking me questions I thought were so, so interesting. Like, wow, do you know where you got it? And, and I think this is one of the one of the big problems that we've had this year. No, I have absolutely no idea how I got COVID because I haven't gotten COVID uh, clearly in the last year, in the last 12 months, I was riding the New York city subway during the first out every day during the first major wave of, of outbreak. Um, I've, I've been going to stores and going to, you know, restaurants when they're open for indoor dining. I've traveled across the, I've traveled around the country many times, been on planes, been on airports, I've been to large congregate setting events in the past, you know, last summer and this past fall. And I got sick going from my apartment to my TV studio and back. And that's it. I mean, there's nothing else that I can think of that would even. And so the people ask, well, you know, does somebody know I, I live alone? So I, I don't have someone in my household. I mean, I, there's no one in my household who, who gave it to me. Thank God nobody that I know uh, in my personal life and, and, and no, no one in my family has come down with it. So I have absolutely no idea. I, I'm bringing this up, though, because we've been led to believe that somehow if you don't listen to Fauci, you're going to get this. And I'm sitting here telling you against my will, I've been listening to Fauci for the whole year because you have absolutely no choice in New York City. I mean, they, you will be shamed and mobbed and harassed and, and arrested. You'll be kicked out of your building. I mean, trust me, I tried to go maskless through the lobby and then it was I was basically told, you know, you're going to have to stop this or they're going to evict you. And they didn't say the word evicted, but that was the subtext. So I've already been through this. And keep in mind, when I was walking through without a mask, I didn't get sick then. I didn't stop wearing a mask, even though I think that it's wildly overstated how effective masks are. I mean, when I say wildly overstated, yeah, I believe that maybe maybe it could reduce one percent of transmission if you do it pretty properly. Maybe. I mean, that's what I and anyone who yells at me, I'd say, OK, go look at the CDC. Uh, go look at the actual CDC numbers for mask policies and mask mandates. And then which says about that one point five percent. But I'm the crazy person for actually, you know, they say science. What they mean by science is shut up and do what we tell you. Shut up and tell me that I'm t- and tell them that they're right. So much of this has become a transference of a mass delusion and, and really a, a mass psychosis onto other people. They're finding ways to blame other people for this. 
And the other people in this case are, are anyone who asks questions about it. Anyone who points out, here I am in New York City. I've, you know, I've, got, I've got a whole you know, bucket of masks by my front door. I actually wear a fresh mask every day. Uh, you know, I, I do this because I don't I mean, that's because I have to wear a mask. So I don't want to wear an old dirty one. That's because sometimes you burp into your mask and, you know, it's gross. So and I'm sitting here, and I'm telling you, I went 12 months without getting sick. I have no idea what happened to make me get sick now. And that's the whole point. And wh- why why am I supposed to feel like, oh, now you must think that it's even more important? No, no, I, this is this just shows exactly what I've said all along. Which is that you don't, you know, it's just a numbers game and you don't know when your number's going to get called. And all this stuff about the mitigation and the hand washing and all that, I mean, this is all just, it's theater. It's theater. I have known that I was at risk of getting COVID for the entire year. You know, as soon, of course, as soon as I'm sick, I'm quarantining. It's just, I, I have acted like somebody who understands that what was true about the flu in many ways in terms of transmission and what's reasonable and how we can change society and how we can't, uh, what's reasonable to think about the flu is reasonable about this. No one, when you get the flu, no one says to you, oh, well, you must have gotten it because you didn't do X or you must know where you got it. You know, did you, did you let up on the, did you let up on the mitigation? No one says that to you because you have no idea. I've gotten the flu before. No idea where you get the flu usually, Right. I mean, unless you get it from somebody in your home, you know, then that's a, that's a pretty good indicator. But in, in other instances, you say, uh, I don't know, I just woke up. I woke up sick. That's what happened. I woke up sick in the morning and I was sick and then I had to beat it. But the illusion, there's been the illusion of control over the virus when really all they've done is establish all the lockdowners and the so-called experts have established control over you. I've had to think of all the theater, all the nonsense that I've been through the last year. Couldn't go to the gym, gained about, you know, 10 to 15 pounds. Can't uh, can't get on the gym now. Can't get on a treadmill now without wearing a mask. All the times that I did that last year, completely irrelevant to me and my future and my health, because I obviously didn't have COVID then and I got it now and I wasn't even doing anything. And now I'm sitting here doing a radio show for you. While I am while I am sick with COVID. And it's pretty much exactly what I anticipate. Yeah, I mean, you had the uh, you had the, you know, the body aches, the fatigue, uh, you know, the respiratory symptoms, pain in the lungs, all the classic stuff. I lost taste and smell for a bit. It came back a little bit, but it's still pretty shaky. That's the that's the one that actually weirds you out the most, I think, because when you've if you've never had the sensation before of biting into your food and it just tastes like like empty mush in your mouth. That's a weird thing. That 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 can be a bit. That's just more psychologically unsettling. But so I had all that, and I look back on this year, and so I think. So really, what was all the hand washing? All the I got sick now. I could have gotten sick six months ago and never had to worry about it again. So why am I to think that this was somehow a worthwhile trade off? I mean, I lost a year of my life. I got sick anyway. When they actually look at how many people, I know they say there are 30 million cases in the United States. There are way more than that. It's just based on their own numbers with how many people are supposedly asymptomatic and uh, all the rest of it. There's way more than that. I mean, we're closer than ever to herd immunity. And yet you'll you notice there's a bit of a panic 
I mean, quite obvious panic with the CDC director uh, Walensky. But there's something of a panic out there right now for these uh, these high level bureaucrats, even though we're in a better position against covid than we've ever been before. More people vaccinated, more people recovering from infection. And and now I'm in this remarkable circumstance where uh, I'm expected to keep as I get better and I'm going to want to go out more and do more things. I'm still supposed to mask up. Why? That's moronic. There's no good reason for me to mask up. I'm immune based on everything we know for, you know, over a century of modern medicine and pandemics and vaccinations. You know, for the last hundred years, they would say, "Okay, you had it. You're immune. But now all of a sudden it's well, occasionally there's an outlier. So we can't say you're immune. Bull crap. They want to control us. They want to control me. The moment I get past my quarantine and, and, have, and, I'm ac- and I have no more symptoms, I am no longer a COVID risk to anyone. Yes, lightning can strike. You cannot live your life that way. All right. To tell me that there have been a couple of dozen reinfections around the world in the last six months or something. And that's really the numbers. When you look at the numbers, they're shockingly low. A couple of dozen reinfections around the world or here in the U.S. or whatever it is. That doesn't justify me continuing to live with this tyrannical bullcrap because there are people who are terrified. And honestly, they've embraced a kind of psychology of cowardice. People who are my age cannot and should not live in fear of this. No one should live in fear of it, but people should take more serious precautions based upon whether or not they're in the high risk category. Right. I that that's just the way that's just the way that society has to function. And, you know, yes, does it does it sting a little bit to get this two weeks before I'd be uh, available to get the vaccine in New York? Yeah, of course. But, you know, my number got called. My number got called. And, yeah, I was I was wearing masks when I was supposed to in the whole thing. Big surprise. Still got sick, folks. I'm going to pause here. I'm going to lose the script. And I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope. But right now, I'm scared. Um, I know what it's like as a physician to stand in that patient room, gowned, gloved, masked, shielded, and to be the last person to touch someone else's loved one because their loved one couldn't be there. So I'm speaking today not necessarily as your CDC director, not only as your CDC director, but as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter, to ask you to just please hold on a little while longer. I so badly want to be done. I know you all so badly want to be done. We are just almost there, but not quite yet. Uh, What about me? What about the millions of Americans who are infected and recovered? We're supposed to wait till when? When is it good enough? And when do we get to start to really tally the ill effects of the continued lockdowns, the continued isolation, the shutdown of businesses? When does that actually start to factor into the conversation in a meaningful way for people like Walensky? Why is it that, as I've said, we're closer than ever to the end here, and yet she's talking about impending doom? Yeah, we've we've suffered a half a million, half a million deaths from COVID-19. We've had tens of millions of infections. We have not controlled this. We did not come up with some policy to 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 do anything really uh, other than just 
you know, up and down as, as the virus bounced around the country, we would react in, you know, in, in terror in different places. And then we'd start to open up and there'd be more cases or we would not open up and there'd be more cases. Didn't really matter. In fact, they're telling you now. The problem, the reason we're having more infections is because of the change in some states mask mandates. Biden just gave a speech about this. I don't know. Was it earlier this week? Yesterday, I think day before here he is saying this is his favorite line. It's a patriotic duty. It's a patriotic duty. Play 17. I'm reiterating my call for every governor, mayor, and local leader to maintain and reinstate the mask mandate. Please, this is not politics. Reinstate the mandate if you let it down. And business should require masks as well. The failure to take this virus seriously, precisely what got us in this mess in the first place, risk more cases and more deaths. Deaths. Look, as I do my part to accelerate the vaccine distribution and vaccinations, I need the American people to do their part as well. Mask up. Mask up. It's a patriotic duty. It's the only way we ever get back to normal. These people are delusional. The mask mandate has dropped in Texas for three weeks. I told you we would go back and look at this. And guess what? Texas's cases are going down, down, down. Mask mandate still in effect in New York. Cases going up, going up a lot. People wearing masks outside here. I wear masks in New York. Got to. No choice. I just got sick. What's what's the Fauci answer to that? How is it that I'm, I'm not in a congregate setting? I live alone. I wear a mask and I get sick. I thought it was just if you if you were being a reckless Trump supporter, you get sick. That's what they tell you, which is the rude idiocy of all of this. They have no idea how most people get sick. Most people who get sick have no idea how they got sick, just like every other respiratory illness we've ever come across. But they they have this illusion of control over the virus so they can maintain control over you. Vaccine passports are coming. They're already in process with them here in New York. Uh, But the Biden administration being very sly, of course, in this or thinking they're being very sly, doesn't want to be in charge of making you get a vaccine passport. So they're they're leaning on the private sector to insist on this. This is the way this happens now. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, but Democrats, because they've seized so many institutions, now what the Democrats can't get through government, they want to get through private uh, multinational corporations that have tremendous influence and are tools of oppression, just like the government can be. Right. I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of ways that that corporations can hurt you. And Democrats used to be all about telling corporations what they can and can't do. Now that they've seized power in them, we're all supposed to sit back and say, oh, well, they're private companies. Really? Aren't Democrats the ones that insist that you bake that cake? Oh, no, that's not a that's that's not a private business issue. That's about, you know, what kind of country we are, what kind of society. Okay, well, guess what? We also demand political tolerance. We also demand free speech. We demand that these uh, these these companies built on one promise to the public can't then be turned and transformed into quasi government entities working hand in glove with the White House to attack political opponents, as we see with social media companies, among many others. But vaccine passports 
uh, the, the Biden administration is trying to do through the private sector what it doesn't want to have to do itself because it understands the problems that come up as a result of this, that the challenge that will exist as a result of this. For, for one thing, so I have to get vaccinated? Why? Now, not to make this about me, but I'm saying anybody who's already been infected, which is millions of millions of people, I got to get a vaccine? Really? Don't even get me into also. So now the government can basically take away your ability to live your day-to-day life without, uh, with, unless you're willing to comply with an unprecedented, uh, unprecedentedly fast vaccination. Look, I, I've advocated for vaccines um, in, for the, against this virus for my own family members who have gotten it. Uh, so I, I'm not anti-vaccine in general, but I do have a problem with vaccine passports. And I do have a problem with being told, why isn't my natural immunity, which which if you look, natural immunity is is usually much stronger, in fact, than vaccine derived immunity. Why isn't that good enough? Why can't that? Why doesn't that count? You know, yeah, you could maybe theoretically get reinfected if you've had it naturally. You could maybe theoretically get reinfected if you've gotten the vaccine or not even theoretically. It's happened to some people with the vaccine. But that's how we're going to build the policy. That's how we're going to be thinking about this. The possibility of it being imperfect is enough to change the way that we, we order our society around this. That seems crazy to me. But. There's so many complexities on this issue and there's a lot of moving pieces. But you know what this has turned into for uh, members of the corporate media? Uh, this is an opportunity to bash the, the uh, Trump supporters, right? The, the, the otherizing of anyone who asks questions about any COVID policy that doesn't fall in line with the Fauciite consensus is constant. It's happening all the time. Here is, uh, look, I mean... For me, Morning Joe is the premier MSNBC news program for latte liberals who are snide elitists. You know, if you were a B student in prep school and your parents got you into Brown University with a call to the advancement office, but now you're all about social justice, you know, as you go and do the bidding of Goldman Sachs or whatever, Morning Joe is your cup of tea. But uh, Morning Joe, this guy was was a member of the GOP. Now, I don't know. He goes on TV, tells snide liberals what they want to hear for his paymasters at MSNBC. I mean, that's that's how this goes. Uh, Here he is just losing his mind on TV over vaccine passports because this guy, he's not very bright and and he's a very insecure and very nasty individual. That's well known. And here he is. Play it. If I want to go to a baseball game with my son, who has a history of upper respiratory issues, I don't want a bunch of idiots sitting anywhere near us in Fenway or in a Little League baseball park that haven't taken the vaccine. Now, if they don't want to take the vaccine and they want to die, that's their right as Americans. They don't have to take the vaccine and they can die. Or they can get really sick. They can live in ignorance and stupidity. They have that right, even though they're hurting other people. But please, please, please don't tell me that we can't do something so smart people who actually follow science, who actually want to take care of their children, who actually want to save their neighbors' lives, who actually want to make sure everybody around them is safe. they, they, They can't tell us what to do. And the government 
our sports teams, our organizations, our concert promoters damn well better put together something where you you can show your vaccine receipt or you can have something on a ticket stub that shows it. Yeah. Show your papers. In this case, your scan code. That's where we are. That's what we're turning into as a country here. This is what Joe Scarborough wants to have happen. Notice the 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 bile here. Notice the way that he's so nasty. You know, if you want to be a moron and you want to die and all this stuff, because in his head, it's very clear. I mean, he, he thinks this is about because he, he also said uh, this. I'm hearing now lunatics are still pushing back on the masks, uh, saying if we have something that identifies us as having a vaccine, we're like Satan or the mark of the devil or Nazi Germany. It's beyond idiocy. They're following a failed game show host or reality TV host, and they don't understand because they're such morons. And then he says, I want to go to baseball with my son. Uh, so, so he, in his head, because Joe Scarborough is actually not a thoughtful, brighter, worthwhile person, um, you know, he's a homewrecker. He's, you know, a guy who's really got a, a lot of demons. Um, he's decided that the only problem with vaccine passports are Trump supporters. Well, that's fascinating because he doesn't seem to understand that vaccine hesitancy which will obviously translate into vaccine passport problems. People that don't get vaccinated can't get vaccine passports. Vaccine hesitancy among the minority community in this country is very high, remains high. And that's been a problem for months now. But he'll never speak about minority communities that he would assume are predominantly Biden voters in the way that he just spoke. That was only for the Trump supporters that have problems with this, you see. Just to give you a sense of of what what a a disgraceful hack this guy is but he's got a you know a national platform and he's paid millions of dollars to, to act like a jerk on television to act like he's smarter than he is he says at a baseball game the truth is that there's almost no chance that you're going to get covid from somebody outdoors it's very 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 rare but when it when it comes to them wanting to be in control the possibility is enough you notice that the possibility is enough. That's all that it takes. And we live in a world where, there, where you're talking about so many people and, and such large numbers. There's always a possibility that something won't won't work, will work, something will fail, something will get through. You can't live your life that way. We have abandoned reason and rationality as a society because of loudmouth morons like Joe Scarborough. I mean, he's one of of countless there's so many of them but they act like anybody who has a problem with the vaccine passport they're the problem okay well why should i have to uh why can't i just show my positive covid test you know and and why you know why isn't is that insufficient show me the science on that oh but if you've had it you still need to get vaccinated because there's still a chance there's still a chance yeah there's always going to be a chance don't you see but they want the power to tell you when the chance is acceptable. You can live your life even though there's a chance when we say so. That's what this is about. That's what they're doing. That's the plan. <sighs> I mean, we're just at the earliest stage of this vaccine passport thing. You've got all the privacy concerns. I mean, you're going to be required to carry around this proof of vaccination. Every time you're scanned, it'll create a digital record of your presence. Uh, will there be other health data loaded into this? I mean, how are they going to enforce these rules? And 
Could this be used for flu shots every year, too? Why not? If not, why not? What about the, the future strains of COVID that will be out there? There'll be other COVID strains. It's never going away entirely. You know, there's so many questions about this, but no, just let's let's do this vaccine passports. It was a conspiracy theory. Now it's a mandate. And that's really been the history of the whole pandemic from the lockdowners. Oh, that's crazy. We would never do that. We would never say you have to max up mask up after a vaccine. Actually, now you have to double mask after a vaccine, according to them. 